Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. And finally, some good news for Islander fans as they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-3 to on Saturday. We'll break that game down. We also have a preview of the upcoming game tonight against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden, and we'll have a special crossover episode with John Chick of Locked On Rangers. Now, don't forget, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, lots to talk about. We'll start with the... Uh, game Saturday, which really, while there were some problems, there were also some very nice signs of progress, and we'll break it all down. If there's something Islanders related that you'd like to speak about, a comment, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send us an email. The email address, as always, lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So, the Islanders with a come-from-behind 4-3 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday And I'll tell you, it was a much-needed win. And we definitely saw some important signs of progress in this game. Obviously, the lines were juggled, and we talked about that uh, as a real possibility. And the, you know, Barry Trotz mixed things up and got four goals out of this team, uh, which is certainly an improvement. You saw the... Fourth line, get a goal. Cal Clutterbuck, his first of the year, coming in the third period that tied the game. You had a power play goal by Anders Lee on a rebound that was the game winner with just 2.44 left on the clock. And that was also a very, very good sign. Uh, Clearly, two goals by Jordan Eberle, and Eberle played very well. And... By far, two assists for Michael Dalcol. That was his best game by far of the season. Add an assist for Noah Dobson. That is a plus. So you had a lot of positives there, and I would be remiss if I didn't add the positive of what 
Simeon Varlamov did. Yes, 28 saves in 31 shots, but my oh my, was he effective at what he did. Uh, coming up big in a number of instances where the Islanders' defense let them down and he was able to bail the team out and cover up for some mistakes. Uh, as far as Eberly goes, seven shots on goal, absolutely uh, looked like a different person out there at times. He was fast on the puck. He was aggressive. He shot the puck. You know, uh, we talked last week about Barry Trotz mentioning how important it was to shoot the puck on the power play and in general. Well, nobody took that to heart more than Eberly, who had seven shots on goal in that game. Uh, and as for Dal Cole, his checking was good. He was very smart with the puck and did a very, very good job overall in this game of making his presence felt. And earlier in the season, when Dal Cole was in the lineup, there were times when he was invisible. And, you know, you, you are watching the game and halfway through the game, you're like, hey, uh, is Michael Dal Cole in the lineup? And you didn't have to ask that in this game. He played almost 14 minutes, had the two assists, but also just made some smart plays uh, in this game, and, and that was definitely uh, a plus for the New York Islanders. So overall, a strong performance, but here's the, the sort of problem with the game. And this is uncharacteristic of the New York Islanders. A lot of turnovers, either in the Islanders zone or just in center ice when leaving the Islanders zone. And that often led to too many scoring opportunities for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, look, playing smart, strong hockey in their own zone is the Islanders' signature way of playing. That's their M.O., and the fact that they weren't doing that consistently against the Penguins is definitely a factor in, you know, why this game was as close as it was. And you look at the shot chart from this game. The Penguins had so many chances in close. And that's not something that a team that struggles to score goals like the New York Islanders can afford to do. So again, a lot of positives in this game. And the thing, another thing that really jumped out at me, that was a beautiful thing, was the resiliency of this team. You know, they were up two to one, gave up a goal late in the second period that tied it, fell behind early in the third period, and then they tie it and win it in the last half of that period. The resiliency that the Islanders showed is one of the things that made them so good in the playoffs last year. And the fact that they showed that resiliency again, to me, is a positive sign going forward. Something that this team can build on, and in fact needs to build on, if they're going to get back into things. So, uh, the five-game losing streak is history. They beat the Penguins. They are back in the thick of the playoff race in the East Division. And if the Islanders can come up with a win over the Rangers in regulation, they could even jump the Penguins and be in fourth place for that last playoff spot. 
you know, the top three teams right now in the division are pretty playing very well. But then after that, it's wide open and the Islanders would be huge if they could come up with a win over the Rangers and get into that fourth playoff spot. We will be joined by John Chick of Locked On Rangers for a crossover episode as we discuss tonight's game at Madison Square Garden. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, it's time to talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and you could use your knowledge of the Islanders to help make yourself a lot of money. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Islanders, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are now going to be joined by John Chick of Locked On Rangers as we talk about the Islanders-Rangers game tonight, the rivalry, and even the team's minor league affiliates who were faced each other on Sunday. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Islander fans. Got a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Mr. Gil Martin of Locked On New York Islanders. Gil, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. You know, trying to get into the Super Bowl this year and, uh, you know, feeling a lot better now that the Rangers are obviously uh, are playing quite a bit better over their last four games here. Uh, I feel like both of us, Gil, so far this season, we've kind of experienced some ups and downs. It's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster for both of our teams so far. No question. And uh, look, we're tied in the standings, both teams four, four and two after 10 games. And uh, it should be interesting to see where they go from here, because this, you know, this has been such a strange season already and uh, games being canceled and rescheduled and everything else. And, And let's hope there's not too many more interruptions and changes down the path. Yeah, amen to that. And uh, something that's very interesting about this game to me is, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the Rangers and the Islanders, they're, they're tied in the standings. We were talking about that before we started recording here today. And whoever wins this game is going to jump the Penguins for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. So even though both of our teams have had some issues, they've had to go through a couple of losing streaks, each of them. Uh, wow, somebody's going to be in fourth place and in and in playoff position in this very difficult Eastern division here. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty tight right now, except for, you know, Boston and, and Philly at the top. But, you know, going fourth to the bottom, fourth through eighth, it's, it's a real close battle. And one win can ma- make you move three, four places in the standings very easily right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And I want to ask you about this most recent game that the Islanders played against the Penguins. Uh, obviously, they get a big uh, third period comeback. They're down by a goal. They come back and win it. Um, I believe it was five straight losses, and it had been a really long time since the Islanders uh, last won a game. Uh, was this win for the Islanders as big as it felt, you know, me being kind of an outsider and just kind of keeping an eye on the Islanders, was this as big of a win as it seemed like it was? 
It, it was. And I think, you know, the most important thing was to stop the bleeding when you go 0-3 and 2 on a five-game road trip. Uh, that's never a good thing. And I think the, you know, they needed that time. They had two games postponed last week against Buffalo. I think they needed that time to sort of regroup and self-scout and Barry Trotz got his team ready. And well, Saturday, they didn't play their best game by any stretch of the imagination, but they showed that resilience that they showed so often in the playoffs last year. And that was a great sign for this Islander team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely something to be said when you don't have your A game, but you just kind of grind your way to a win and find a way to get it done anyway. But uh, something else I wanted to ask you about, you know, we talked about uh, the goalie situation for both of our teams when we did a crossover going into the season. And I've noticed this season, you know, Varlamov has clearly outplayed Sorokin to this point. And I realize Sorokin's only played three games, but I mean, if you're Barry Trotz, are you just going to ride the hot hand with Varlamov? I mean, I would imagine you and other Islander fans eventually want Sorokin to kind of take over and be the man. But Varlamov's hot right now. I mean, are you, are you going to go to him for this game tomorrow night between the Rangers and Islanders? Uh, I would fully expect that to be the case. And and yeah. look, I mean, Barry Trotz has a difficult uh, set of decisions to make because you want to get Sorokin into games. He is gradually showing more comfort and more confidence playing in an nhl size rink as opposed to an international rink. But if he's struggling right now, you can't afford to leave too many points on the table. If you play him too much too soon, you know, you may not win as many games, but if you don't play him, he doesn't develop. So it's, it's a fine line that the Islanders have to walk with Ilya Sorokin. And uh, so far, I think he is making progress, although obviously they need more from him than he's given him so far. Absolutely. And I thought, you know, he was kind of dealt a tough hand for his first start of the season there, because obviously, you know, the Rangers and Islanders, uh, the Islanders blow out the Rangers on opening night. They're going to play each other again. You guys are all set to go back to Varlamov. And then, of course, he suffers an injury during pregame warmups. And lo and behold, Sorokin has about, what, like 20 minutes to get ready for his first NHL start. Rangers, Islanders, kind of a tough spot for him to be in there, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. And he struggled yeah. in that game, although the team also didn't really support him very much. But you know, since then, when he knew he was going to start, he has been a little bit better in each of the other games that he's played. Uh, turning to the Rangers goaltending situation, how concerned are you with the slow or inconsistent play of Georgiev? I mean, he's he's getting a little bit better. He's been a little bit inconsistent, a little bit up and down. I mean, I'm thrilled with uh, the way Shesterkin has played recently because both Ranger goalies got off to a slow start this season. But Shesterkin has really turned it on lately. And I think the Rangers, I don't think their position on this has changed. I feel like if they're picking between the two of these goalies, like which one is going to be here for, you know, a decade? Who's going to be the franchise goalie? Who is going to be the man? I definitely think that they're looking for Shesterkin to be that guy. Uh, Georgiev, like you said, you know, a little bit of an inconsistent start to the season here. He did get the shutout against the Islanders, uh, the second game of the season. So that was great. Um, but I think with Georgiev, you know, with the Rangers, I don't want to say you're just playing with house money because you do need both of your goalies to play well, but I don't think it's as critical for him to play at like an elite level as it is for Shesterkin to do so. Because if the Rangers were to go through this season and Shesterkin was not to play very well and not have very good stats at the end, at the end of the season, then you've got some concern. Uh, with Georgiev, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be a Ranger, but I do expect, you know, he'll he'll eventually get it together here. And I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, the Rangers have not announced a starting goalie yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to Georgiev for this next game. Because, like I said, you're going to play both goalies. You're going to need both guys. And thus far in his career, he has very, very good 
uh, stats against the Islanders. The Islanders have, of course, struggled to score goals this season. So if there's ever a game that could kind of get him going, I think it's probably this clash against the Islanders tomorrow night. So I, I would almost, despite how well Shesterkin has played lately, I would almost expect the Rangers to go with Georgiev tomorrow night. But we'll see. What about the entire Tony D'Angelo situation? How important is it for the Rangers to put that behind them? And what impact, if any, do you think it's had on the team? I think in a lot of ways, they've already put it behind them. I mean, they've kind of said their piece on the whole situation. We'll see if they're able to work out a trade of some kind. Um, and as far as the team themselves, I mean, it's a small sample size, obviously, but they've won both of the games ever since he was placed on been placed on waivers. So, I mean, we'll see how it pans out, but it really just is a crazy situation where you've got a defenseman who showed so much promise last season as kind of an offensive threat. I believe he was fourth in the NHL in points by a defenseman. And now you're in a spot where, you know, you put him on waivers, just six games into a new contract and nobody claims him on waivers. And are we even going to be able to trade this guy? Are we going to have to buy him out? It's crazy. You know, it's just wild to think how much things can change in such a short amount of time. But you know, it's funny. We actually did a crossover episode with uh, Hunter Hodes of Lockdown Penguins not too long ago. And I asked him, like, would you have any interest in bringing in Tony D'Angelo? And so I'll ask you about that, too, Gil. I mean, if you could have Tony D'Angelo in one way or another, whether it's a trade or whether it's picking him up off the scrap heap next season, would you at least consider it? Or you want no part of Tony D'Angelo in that locker room? I don't think that he's the kind of player that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are looking for just, just because he may not be consistent enough in his own zone. Uh, yeah. Forget the personality issues that he's had in, in, you know, locker rooms and what have you. I just think his style of play is not what the Islanders are looking for in their system. So I, I think the Islanders would stay away from him uh, for that reason, more than anything else. That's a great point. You know, I didn't really think of it that way. And even for a team that's struggling to score goals, it's interesting to know that they might stay away from Tony D'Angelo just because, you know, forget about all the off ice baggage. Even just Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player, uh, may not be the best fit for a Barry Trotz team. All right. And we'll have more of my conversation with Locked On Rangers host John Chick in just a couple of minutes. Islander fans, you've heard me talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, some with nuts, some nut-free. And listen to some of these choices. Caramel brownie, salted caramel, toffee almond, German chocolate, raspberry, and cherry barcia. All the 18 flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are great for the keto diet because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber. Let's talk about the peanut butter flavor. 19 grams of protein in every bar, just 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. That's 20% off with the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Islander fans, don't miss another big hockey story. Start off your week with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. 
And now more of my discussion with John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers as we preview tonight's game at Madison Square Garden between the Islanders and the Rangers. It kind of leads me into something else that I wanted to ask you about because I noticed, you know, I knew that the Islanders were struggling to score goals. I was looking at some stats today and it looks like they're third to last in uh, goals scored per game at 2.30. So I'm just wondering, I mean, is this something that they can turn around? Do they have more to give as far as offense is concerned? Or are you concerned that this team just doesn't have enough firepower as it's currently constructed? I think I'm not quite there yet, but I am starting to get concerned about the lack of firepower. I mean, the third line has been so unsettled and, and really through 10 games, the Islanders really only had their top line playing well and and the rest of the other three lines struggling to get production. Uh, obviously, Anthony Bevilier uh, has been injured, so that doesn't help. But uh, Barry Trotz juggled his lines uh, against the Penguins the other night, and I think it did get some results. They scored four goals, which they obviously would take uh, any time out. And, you know, hopefully they can find some chemistry. I think at some point, either Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows have to be more involved and in the lineup more consistently. And those guys, I think, as they get more comfortable in the NHL, may be able to provide a little bit more offense for that third line. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's interesting. You kind of brought up the idea, you know, of shuffling lines to get people going. And it's it's kind of a delicate balance because, you know, the Rangers, they got off to a really rough start to the season this year, as you're well aware. Uh, I believe one, four and one in their first six. Um, and so, you know, they shuffled the lines quite a bit and it's kind of like, well, do you shuffle the lines to get everybody going or do you have to leave these guys out there together for a certain amount of time and let them find that chemistry? I mean, do you feel like the Islanders kind of have the right balance there as far as, uh, you know, how often they mix up their lines? Well, the, the thing is they've been mixing up the lines and the lineups. I mean, that third line, you've had so many different players alongside JG Pajot, uh, I mean, Ross Johnston has been out there. Wallstrom has been out there. Bellows has been out there. Michael Dal Cole, uh, you know, uh, Leo Kamarov. So many different players have gotten a chance. Uh, and you get to the point where you're through 10 games now. I am hoping that they begin to figure out what works and what doesn't and start to get a little bit more consistency on that third line. Pick, you know, the two wings who will best uh, play in that system alongside Pajot and then start sending them out there maybe 85% of the time. Definitely. And uh, do you think uh, this is a situation where we could see more of that Ranger Islander classic chippiness, classic nastiness, whatever you want to call it, whatever adjective you want to use? Because we didn't really see a ton of that in the first two games. I mean, certainly not on opening night. And even the second game, which we both thought maybe would be uh, a little bit more uh, edgy, if you will. Uh, not even really on the second night, I didn't think. But, I mean, do we do we see classic Rangers-Islanders uh, in this matchup here on Monday? What do you think? I think we see a little bit more of it. I think the intensity level is going up as the season progresses. And, yeah. again, now this is the third time that these two teams are meeting. I, I don't think we're going quite back to the 80s and 90s where the chippiness was even, you know, at the forefront a lot of the time. But I think we'll see a little bit more intensity and a little bit more physicality in this game. What I want to know is three games so far in the first 11 between these two teams, how are they all, all of them at Madison square garden? 
That's a great question. I hadn't really stopped to think about that. I mean, it's it's just such a weird season with, you know, only playing teams within your division. And we got all these back-to-backs. And the Rangers actually have something on the schedule uh, later this year. This actually could be different now because the schedule was recently altered to kind of account for uh, games that have been postponed due to COVID. But there was originally going to be a stretch, and I think this is still intact, where the Rangers are going to play the Devils four times in a row, and they're going to play them four times in six games. So that is just nuts. Uh, and yeah, I have no idea how these first three games are all in MSG. Couldn't tell you. Wanted to ask you uh, something. When you look at the Islanders lineup, what players concern you the most if you're trying to stop this team? I mean, definitely Matt Barzal, because he's obviously the guy, the guy that can stick the puck in the net and, you know, account for a lot of scoring. Um, you know, I think the uh, the Islander fourth line at times gives the Rangers some problems just because they're so good on the four check. They're so physical. The Cal Clutterbuck line. So uh, I don't know if the Rangers necessarily have uh, so many players who can kind of go toe to toe with those guys as far as the physicality department is concerned. Although the Rangers have done some things to address uh, those those issues and become a more physical and a more difficult team to play against. Uh, but then also Varlamov. I mean, he's been very, very good to start the season here for the Islanders. Uh, just just really tough. Uh, I believe his goals against average is like 2.14 or something like that. So I think those guys are probably at the top of my list right now. And Anders Lee, because Anders Lee always just seems to get it done against the Rangers. He does like playing the Rangers. I, I don't know why, but he does come up big in these games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it seems like uh, Panarin, too. There's something about these uh, these games, these Ranger Islander games. that just kind of uh, bring the stars always seem to be out, so to speak, if you will. Yeah, and Panarin is so frustrating for Islander fans because the Islanders offered him more money than the Rangers, and he yep. took the Rangers' offer instead. So it adds a little salt onto that wound for a lot of fans. Yeah, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. Obviously, it's a very long-term uh, deal that Panarin has with the Rangers, and obviously there's no fans in the arenas, but I would expect uh, Panarin to be booed at Barclays Center uh, pretty much from now until the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, uh, you know, well, we're back at the Coliseum this year, but yeah, and then next year at Belmont at the uh, UBS Arena. But wherever the Islanders play, they'll they'll be probably the fans will not be kind to Artemi Panarin, no question. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, something else I wanted to uh, talk to you about today, because as we're recording this episode right now, we've got uh, the Wolfpack playing the uh, Sound Tigers. And let me just refresh here and get a score update. Uh, yeah, so Bridgeport still up 2-1 to one late in the second period. Is there anyone, I realize, you know, Bridgeport started its season on Friday. Is there anyone on that team right now that you're really keeping an eye on or maybe somebody who you think could make uh, his Islander debut later this season? Anybody that has you excited on the Sound Tigers? Yeah, you know, uh, I I really haven't had a chance to, to go in-depth there. The, look, Bridgeport struggled a lot last year, and I... I just don't know right now if there's a lot of players, especially with taxi squads in existence this year that are going to make immediate contributions to the Islanders from Bridgeport. There are some guys who down the road definitely can make an impact, but as far as short-term help, uh, I don't see anybody during this shortened season who's going to make a big impact on the Island. How about you with Hartford? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same deal. Like I said, I don't think there's anybody who's, going to be imminently called up and just go out and be a point per game player for the Rangers. I don't see anything like that, but there's a lot of players that I like. I mean, a guy that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on is Braden Schneider because he was the Rangers other first round pick this season in addition to obviously Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, But, you know, big, tough physical defenseman. Uh, He played very well for team Canada at the world juniors really handled himself well 
other than getting suspended for a questionable hit. We'll just kind of overlook that. But uh, yeah, the thing I like about Schneider is, you know, you have Lafreniere, who the Rangers take number one overall, and everybody's talking about how he's a generational talent. And, you know, he's one of the best players to be available in the draft in many, many years. But with Schneider, I feel like it's kind of the opposite, where he's almost kind of like a safe pick, like kind of has a high floor. And somebody who, you know, this is just going by scouting reports that I read, but it seems like a lot of people feel like, uh, you know, he's very safely going to be in a top four defenseman role on an NHL roster in due time. And I really doubt that we see him this season, but I think overall, uh, you know, as the years go by here, eventually you'll see him on that kind of role with the Rangers. And uh, I'll also throw out Will Cooley. Uh, You know, he's played pretty, he's somebody that the Rangers are excited about as well. He was taken in the second round this past season. But, you know, big guy, explosive shot, and, uh, you know, somebody who could do some damage for the Rangers somewhere down the road here. Yeah, I mean, I I could say the same about Simon Holmstrom. He's a couple of years away right now, one or two. But, uh, you know, a prospect who I think the Islanders have a, a, a close eye on. And then, you know, for short-term relief, I would maybe say A.J. Greer, if injuries strike, uh, he's the kind of player they could bring up for a couple of games and just uh, fit him in, and he wouldn't have the same kind of damage to the – salary cap that Andrew Ladd's addition would make. That makes sense. And uh, do we want to do predictions for uh, this Ranger Islander game round three tomorrow night here? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. You go first. I'll let I'll let you have the uh, first crack at it this time. Fair enough. Uh, I will say going to be a close game because we've had a couple of blowouts so far this season. So I just think, you know, it's Rangers Islanders. They're due to play a close game. And I'm going to say uh, the Rangers edge them out three to two. Rangers are hot right now. Like we talked about, you know, three oh and one in their last four games. And uh, I'm not sure if they're going to go with Alex Georgiev, but if they do, he's somebody who just kind of seems to have the Islanders number a little bit. So I'll take the Rangers uh, in a tight, tight three to two win tomorrow night. How about you? Uh, I like the score three to two. I'm going to flip it on you, though. <laughs> I, I think the Islanders feel much better about themselves after beating Pittsburgh, although they still know there's a lot more work to do to get back to playing the kind of hockey they want to play. I think that uh, Varlamov, shines in this game and the Islanders find a way to get a three to two win. Fair enough. I I do think it'll be a close one. And one other prediction that I'll throw out there just at the very end here is I think we're going to get our first fight of the season. And I don't know who it's going to be. I would say maybe if Brennan Smith is in the lineup for the Rangers, which could go either way, uh, looks like he's still injured. And even if he's not, it's possible that he's a healthy scratch, but I could see like a Brennan Smith versus Cal Clutterbuck kind of matchup. Do you you think we get a fight tomorrow night or we're not there yet? Uh, it's possible. I, I would tend to think no, but you know what? I, I, I think that if we're going to get a fight, this kind of game is when we would get it. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right. Well, Gil, uh, this was a ton of fun as always and, uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. And thanks for doing this crossover with me. Hey, John, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, uh, let's do it again next time these two teams meet. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Islanders. We'll be back tomorrow with a full analysis and recap of the game against the Rangers and what happened and why, and a whole lot more. So make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.